Meta is now allowing you to have multiple personal profiles, social media managers, community managers, business owners rejoice. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. There has been a lot of social media industry news since the last time we spoke. So let's just hop right into the biggest stories of the past month or so. The first one is about TikTok. Let's talk about TikTok Shop, which launched in the US as the company bets on big e-commerce. One of the big criticisms of TikTok that a lot of brands, a lot of influencers, creators all have is that there's just not that monetization factor on TikTok and therefore it's hard for creators to make money. It's hard for brands to really go all in. And they are, TikTok at least, is is betting on TikTok shop to really help that change things. So after months of testing, TikTok has fully launched its e-commerce product in the US in an effort to translate the app's cultural relevance among young consumers to sales. More than 200,000 sellers have registered for TikTok shop. And meanwhile, over 100,000 content creators are participating in the affiliate program, So in addition to being good news for brands, this may also be a big solution for those creators who are getting a ton of views on their content, but have not yet cracked the code on how to make money from TikTok. We'll have to keep watching. Let me know in the comments if you are somebody who is on TikTok and maybe is participating in their affiliate program, or whether you're maybe a social media manager or a business owner who is looking to leverage TikTok shop for your own brand. Another thing I'm watching very closely with TikTok and with all of the social platforms, let's be honest, is the effect of AI generated content. Well, TikTok has officially launched new in-stream labels for that AI generated content. So, you know, when you're going to upload a TikTok and you can select different, uh, different labels, you know, paid partnership labels, things like that. Well, they've actually Uh, added a label for whether or not your content has been AI generated, which I think is wonderful. I think, uh, you know, we can't stop people from, from using AI generated content by any means, nor would we necessarily want to, but knowing whether or not what you're watching is real or not is a real person or not is really important, especially as we come upon election season here in the US. I've already seen some political kind of deep fakes that honestly made me give it a second glance before I realized it was fake. So TikTok says that AI enables incredible creative opportunities, but can potentially confuse or mislead viewers if they're not aware content was generated or edited with AI. Labeling content helps address this by making it clear to viewers when content is significantly altered or modified by AI technology. Now, with that said, this sounds like a wonderful solution, right? Just label your stuff. Number one, is everybody going to do it? And uh, number two, can TikTok catch it if everybody doesn't do it? Well, we've already seen just very shortly after this AI label was implemented, we saw this deep fake of Mr. Beast. I actually saw it Uh, I think Marcus Brownlee retweeted uh, Mr. Beast who tweeted, hey, I just saw this very realistic deep fake of me on TikTok promising my followers a bunch of free stuff. So 
looks like TikTok doesn't wholly prohibit advertisers from using synthetic or manipulated media, but the platform requires that advertisers very clearly disclose if you're, they're using this kind of technology. Well, doesn't seem like people did that for Mr. Beast. So we'll have to see how well this is enforced and uh, what happens to people who, who create these deep fakes. Because again, very concerning as we get into election season, there are international conflicts going on. It certainly has the potential to be dangerous. So how, how are these platforms gonna make sure they're being used for good and not evil? Yet to, yet to come. Let's take just a moment for our sponsor, Metricool. You all know that I absolutely love this all-in-one social media tool. They've got scheduling, they've got analytics, they've got so much good stuff. As always, you can use code Latasha at the link in the show notes to get 30 days free on any of their premium plans. But today I wanna to tell you about something else that they have just released. Metricool has just unveiled their 2023 Instagram study to help you analyze your account and fine tune your strategy leading into 2024. Their study is based on the analysis of over 300,000 professional Instagram accounts, 2.4 million posts, 9.4 million stories, and over 1 million reels. And they've also just released a similar study for TikTok, which shares whether long or short form content is better on that platform, whether hashtags are still relevant there and when the best time to post is. So be sure to check out the link to both studies down in the show notes. There is truly some juicy stuff in there. I really thoroughly enjoyed reading through them. And again, use code Latasha to get 30 days free on any premium plan. All right, let's head over to the world of Meta and Instagram. This one got me really excited, you guys. Meta is now allowing you to have multiple personal profiles. I repeat, Meta is now allowing you to have multiple personal profiles. Social media managers, community managers, business owners rejoice. Am I right? This has been the bane of my existence since I started managing social media accounts, particularly for, for those brands that require me to do community management, maybe inside of a Facebook group or anything like that, I have just basically stopped using my own personal profile. I have everything set, you know, super locked down. I have warnings to please not add me unless you really know me on kind of the, the main header and things like that of my profile. It is a mess. And uh, in turn, I just don't like posting even to my family or friends because I still feel like it has this potential kind of be this public facing thing if I'm using it for clients. Well, now you can create multiple. Let's see what Meta said. They said you can now create multiple personal profiles to organize your experience on Facebook. Think one profile for the foodie scene you love and another one to keep up with your friends and family. So leave me a comment. Let me know if you plan to create a second profile. I need to get on this right away. I need to have one for my, my business and entrepreneurial groups that I'm a part of, one for my clients so I can add them as friends and you know get access to their accounts and things like that, and one probably just for my, my personal life, if you will. Now some less enthusiastic news coming out of Meta. Meta plans to charge $14 a month for ad-free Instagram or Facebook. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. It looks like they have been seen testing some potential plans in the EU. Would people pay nearly $14 a month to use Instagram on their phones without ads? Or what about $17 a month for Instagram plus Facebook on desktop? This is what Meta is wanting to charge 
Europeans for monthly subscriptions if they don't agree to let the company use their digital activity to target ads, according to a proposal the social media giant has made in recent weeks to regulators. And it looks like Meta is actually not the only one who is testing this. This has been spotted on TikTok as well, and also on X or Twitter. So the, the long story short is it looks like Europe has stricter regulations around ad personalization. This is something I actually, uh, you know, as a marketer is a challenge, but as a person, I actually kind of envy the EU because they also have stricter rules for emails and things like that. Does anybody remember the GDPR panic, right? Meta is saying, if you do not allow us to have this personal data to be able to target you with ads, we're going to have to make up for that revenue that we would be losing from advertisers who want that level of personalization. So again, I don't think this is something that we can necessarily be mad at meta about because all of the platforms really are open to this and may need to do it to make up their ad revenue if this indeed goes through. We'll keep watching for sure. A little on the silly side, I guess, I've never really understood the, the hype around these things, but Meta has released their new smart glasses with Ray-Ban. They record 1080p HD video and 12 megapixel still images. They also have louder speakers than the previous model, and the company claims an additional microphone in the nose bridge of the frames can capture voice audio more clearly. These microphones and embedded speakers also let wearers converse with a new AI-powered chatbot assistant because who doesn't want the AI right on your eyeballs, right? Let me know if you would be interested in trying out smart glasses. As a glasses wearer, I kind of have no interest. I kind of like being able to unplug from the technology, but I'll be honest, I did check out some video footage and it did get me thinking a little bit. I mean, can you imagine like, conference footage where I'm on stage and showing you, you know, kind of a POV. I don't know. I think there could be some interesting use cases for the video capability, but I don't know if I need like the AI chatbot on my eyeballs. What about you? <laughs> what you're looking at now is a photo of model and reality TV star Kendall Jenner. And what you're looking at now is a video of Billy, who is not a real human despite her striking resemblance to Kendall. Meta has paid 27 celebrities to use their likeness to create artificial intelligence bots, including Kendall. There's also one coming for Snoop Dogg, Paris Hilton, Tom Brady, Naomi Osaka, and more. And at the time of recording this, Kendall's bot, Billy, has nearly 100,000 followers on Instagram already. The intention of this AI bot is a little vague. It appears that Meta wants to make her kind of this big sis type of advice figure. She lets us know in the video that we can DM her if we need any advice or have any questions about anything. But what's really going to happen with these celebrity AIs is yet to be determined. I personally am not sending Billy a message. I don't want any of my words to be used to train any robots more than they already are, but it's certainly a brilliant move by Meta if they're looking to invest in AI and, you know, become a leader in this space. And these celebs are getting paid 
handsomely. According to some reports, each celebrity received between one and $5 million to share their likeness. Now that is a lot of money, but I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I would do that to allow people to have me say who knows what is Billy or Tom Brady's AI or Naomi Osaka's AI going to say something that could get the real celebrity in trouble? Is this going to be abused by weirdos? We all know celebrities sometimes get stalkers and creeps. It is very, very strange. And I'm not the only one who feels that way. Billy's comments on Instagram are flooded with people saying this is really weird. This feels very Black Mirror. But hey, numbers don't lie. And her account is growing steadily. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how these are used in the future. All right, let's go over to the one that always keeps us on our toes. Let's talk about X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. So this one broke my heart a little bit, I'll be honest. X has broken my heart a lot over the past few months, but this one in particular, they're getting rid of the circles feature, which launched under Twitter years. So the circles feature is basically like, think of it as like your Instagram close friends on your story. You could create multiple different circles. So you could have colleagues, you could have a circle for, you know, real life friends, and you could post different tweets or X updates to different circles. And I really liked this just because, you know, it's not that I have anything to hide or anything, but for example, sometimes I don't want to post like something that's maybe political or a little bit more controversial to like a wide audience of people. Maybe I just want to kind of have a civil conversation about something in the news with a group of people who I know and, you know, I know respects me and knows my heart and all of that stuff. So they are getting rid of this. It says launched in August, 2022. The feature allowed users to share posts with a specific group of followers instead of all of them. And the company will permanently disable circles on October 31st. So Um, it's done. I mean, most of my close friends who are on X have already left the platform anyway, so I'm not too brokenhearted, I guess. And a big story here, X continues to break hearts of its users and its journalists by stripping headlines from news story links to apparently improve the aesthetics of the site. Elon said he just basically wanted to make the platform look a little bit better, but news organizations are claiming that Twitter X is just become a very hostile place for, for news stories, for journalism. Twitter was once known as kind of the home for journalists, a place for breaking news, for conversation about politics and, and world events. But now, instead of showing a standard image and headline that gives you an idea of what the story is going to be about that you're going to click on. Well, now X is just showing a picture with a little bit of text in the corner saying which news website or website in general the link is going to. When asked about the change and why exactly it happened, Elon tweeted that he, quote, almost never reads legacy news anymore. And he also said that the best thing is to post content in long form on this platform. So Twitter used to be 140 characters, then 280 characters. And now for Twitter blue subscribers, you can post up to 4,000 characters, which is essentially a blog post at that point. The idea, I guess, is that it will incentivize people to subscribe to Twitter blue so that they can share those long form articles 
on X itself, and of course, keep people on the platform longer, which is essential to any social platform's growth and profitability. And I get that from a business perspective. I have never criticized Elon for trying different ways of making revenue for the platform, but I do worry that safety security is going to be put at risk with this change, especially as we're seeing massive world events happening, especially as we're going into election season. I just think there can be a lot of potential for misinformation, but let me know what you think. Do you think this change is going to have any real impact or are people getting upset over nothing? I'm curious your thoughts. In other X news, X has signed an exclusive content deal with Paris Hilton to build on its entertainment efforts. So Hilton's new agreement with X will see her create four original video programs for the platform each year for the next two years at least, which will include live shopping broadcasts, spaces, audio chats, and more. X is really looking to become an entertainment hub from my perspective. They don't want to just be this short form microblogging site anymore. They want to be a home for video. I'm seeing more and more video popping up, but this one is a really interesting one just because Paris Hilton, though she may not have the same level of influence that she had, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, she still is hugely influential and she is kind of marking this entertainment spin as opposed to some of the political stuff that they've done or the tech stuff that they've done. So it should be interesting to see what comes out, what type of content comes out. Maybe it will be able to rival YouTube. Who knows at this point, I just cannot get with watching videos on Twitter or X. Even when I see one that I want to watch, it comes through my feed. The, the, user experience just isn't there for me yet. Like it is on a YouTube or even on Spotify or something like that. So as always, we'll see, but let me know what you think. And speaking of YouTube, let's talk about YouTube. So YouTube has launched a video editing app, just like TikTok. So the YouTube create app offers video editing tools, including precision editing and trimming, automatic captioning, voiceover capabilities and access to a library of filters, effects, transitions, and royalty-free music with beat matching technology so that creators can produce their next YouTube video without relying on complex editing software, YouTube wrote in a blog post. So essentially, yeah, that, that editor sounds very, very similar to the TikTok editor. And I think they're kind of following TikTok's lead in that you may or may not know this, but CapCut, the free video editor, is actually owned by ByteDance, who owns TikTok as well. So YouTube is following a similar model. They're not just integrating this editor within the YouTube app itself. It's actually a separate app. There are a lot of tools out there, but this one, to my knowledge, is going to be free. And why wouldn't they want their long-form YouTube creators to be repurposing their videos into shorts? It seems like a pretty obvious transition. Now, with that said, something else that's happened that I didn't really report on because it isn't a huge, huge story, but TikTok has actually finally allowed you to save your video without the watermark when you are in the editing process, which I love because it's made repurposing my TikToks onto other platforms so much easier. I don't have to go on the sketchy websites to remove the watermark and go through all of that. So uh, you know, it seems like this is coming at the right time for YouTube because they, they really need to get ahead of the TikTok editor if they are going to truly compete with them. We'll see. I will definitely be using it because uh, 
I think whether we like it or not, we've got to post shorts. All right, and let's talk about a couple of content creator stories. The first big one to talk about is more on open AI. I told you in the last one of these episodes that AI is coming under fire by journalists. Well, it looks like they're not alone because the Authors Guild has also launched a class action suit against open AI. Now, again, in case you didn't know, OpenAI is the maker of the wildly popular AI tool, ChatGPT. The suit alleges that books created by the authors that were illegally downloaded and fed into GPT systems could turn a profit for OpenAI by, quote, writing new works in the author's styles, while the original creators would get nothing. The press release lists AI efforts to create two new volumes in Martin's Game of Thrones series and AI-generated books available on Amazon. I have a lot of authors in my circle. My first client ever actually was an author. We're friends on Facebook, and I saw her post about this first. There was a, a tool that you could use to see if your books had been basically crawled for GPT, and hers indeed were. And I have just seen so many authors on Twitter and in my personal life posts that theirs have been too. And I can imagine it is a very a difficult feeling. You know, I would feel like I've kind of been stolen from. And so I certainly feel for them. And I hope that there is some type of resolution that benefits the authors. Of course, I think technology, advancing technology is important, but I think it's important to do it the right way and in a way that isn't stealing from people. And speaking of the Authors Guild, it looks like a Creators Guild is in the works or quietly launched recently. There are some heavy hitters on the board, like one of my favorite YouTube creators, iJustine. But it looks like this Creators Guild is aiming to protect online content creators. There's not a whole lot on their website yet about what they're protecting content creators from or what they are going to be kind of helping them with. But one of the big things that they're looking to do is just get content creators credit for their work. I have created over 600 YouTube videos. That is a lot of YouTube videos, you know, hundreds of podcasts. I've helped other creators with tons of things on their channel, but there is not really much to speak speak for in a traditional sense. You know, traditional producers, sound people, talent will have, have a credit to their name, but content creators don't really get that same level of prestige. And this is one of the things that the Creators Guild, uh, the Content Creators Guild is looking to do is get some actual credit for the work that people are doing. It looks like you just need to meet a set of criteria to apply to join and then just pay an annual fee, which is pretty reasonable. When I checked, I believe it's just $99. If you do not yet meet the criteria, which involve, you know, a certain follower count, a certain number of published work, a certain uh, amount of revenue made from brand deals, things like that, you can still apply to kind of their micro tier that gives you access to certain community events and and education and things like that. So I don't know, I'm thinking of applying to join just to see what it's all about. Again, I love that somebody like I Justine, who has really shaped the culture of YouTube and content creation as a whole is on the board. I look up to her a lot. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of this. Let me know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify, you can leave a comment there too. Let me know which of these stories piqued your interest the most. If you're going to be trying any of these new features, joining any of these 
interesting new creators, guilds, or other things like that. As always, I appreciate you so, so much for being here. If you ever see any social media marketing, content creation stories, articles, anything that you want my take on, you want me to react to, feel free to send it to me on Instagram or in an email at hey at latashjames.com. And please do take a second to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the podcast, leave me a rating, leave me a comment, say hello. Seriously means the world to me. I look forward to these messages so, so much. And don't forget to check out our sponsor, Metricool, as well. Those uh, studies that they came out with are really, really interesting if you want to deep dive into what's really going on with TikTok and Instagram and kind of determining what the heck you should be doing on those platforms. I learned a lot and I'm going to be taking a lot of that into my 2024 strategy. Anyway, everything will be linked for you in the show notes and I will see you in the next one. Bye.